Welcome to the Roberta Style Lee Inspirational Women Series, a place for women from around the globe to share their inspiring stories, discover what makes them tick, what makes them vulnerable, how they deal with the good times and the bad, and what keeps them happy, healthy, confident, and sane. Get ready to be inspired. Here's your host, Roberta Lee. This is episode 26 on the Roberta Stowley podcast. Today, I'm very excited to welcome Olivia Pinnock onto the show. Olivia is a fashion journalist. She's also a lecturer at London Met and Norwich University of the Arts and the founder of The Fashion Debates. The Fashion Debates tackles hot topics in the fashion industry using a panel of experts to discuss their views in front of a live audience. And this is actually how I came across Olivia. So I'm really excited to welcome her onto the show and find out a little bit more about her personal story. Hello, Olivia. Hi, Roberta. Really, really great to have you here. And um, I'm excited to hear more about your story. So I just wondered if you could give our listeners a brief introduction, a little bit more insight into what you're doing and where you're located? Yeah, sure. So um, as you said, I'm a fashion journalist and I work freelance and uh, that's kind of my main background, what I've been doing in my career up until now. Um, And then a couple of years ago, I launched the Fashion Debates, which as you so brilliantly explained, (laughs) are um, panel discussion evenings uh, here in London where I live. Um, looking at all sorts of different ethical issues that affect the fashion industry. Um, So from sustainability and the environmental impact of fashion um, to sweatshop labour and abuses in the industry. Um, Also the amount of unpaid work uh, for interns and uh, freelancers also included in that. The lack of diversity in the industry, um, all these sorts of wide ranging topics um, because that's something I'm uh, very passionate about and I've always been really interested in. Um, and wanted to kind of go further with. Um, And then uh, really sort of the back of that was uh, how I got into lecturing as well Um, at London Met first. I teach on uh, a module on fashion branding and journalism there. Um, And then a year after teaching there, I decided to apply for another part-time position at Norwich University of the Arts on their fashion communication and promotion course. Okay, wow. So you're incredibly busy. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a forward forward slasher in my career now, as I say. Oh, great. Well, um, uh, you're not alone. Um, most of the women that I welcome onto the show tend to be wearing multiple hats and spinning multiple plates. So um, I'm just really interested in your journey. So how did you end up becoming so involved in fashion and journalism? Was it something that you knew that you wanted to do from an early age? Um, yeah, I've wanted to be a journalist since I was 12. Um, and I, I always loved uh, reading and writing. Um, and then, yeah, when I was 12, I got involved with a young person's newspaper project that was running in my local area. Um, and so from there on, I decided I wanted to be a journalist. So that's what I studied at university. Um, and while I was at university, um, I just became really interested in fashion. I can't really remember, can't really pinpoint that moment that it was. Um, But um, as such, I started writing about it. I had a blog while I was at uni. Um, 
and started building up my experience, my portfolio in that. And then I was uh, very lucky to get a job straight out of uni working at a startup website, um, running their online magazine for them, which and it was a fashion website. Um, so, um, yeah. And from there, I've, you know, worked in I've worked in magazines, both print and online. I've worked uh, doing marketing and sales for a fashion brand. I've done social media for fashion brands. So, um Journalism has been like the big ongoing thing, but so has fashion also basically since I graduated. Great. Okay. And I, I know that from your experience over the last few years, you've actually interviewed some quite well-known people as well, haven't you, in the industry? Uh, yeah, I've interviewed for a while. I was at um, HN83 magazine and we used to interview a lot of um, singers and actors and bands and things like that. So I interviewed um, Laura and Vula, um, Tamsin Egerton, uh, who else? Um, Iwan Rion from uh, Game of Thrones, people will know him from, uh, quite a lot of people, but then also like people in the industry. So some sort of stylists and creative director at All Saints and people like that. So quite a mix. Great. So you've got a really broad sort of view of you in your terms of your journalism. It's not just sort of writing. You're out there, you meet people. So quite an interesting, quite an interesting career you've created for yourself. Oh, well, yeah, I like to think so. I mean, that was the, <laughs> that was kind of always, always the aim, really. I, I think I was never really, you know, when you say you're a fashion journalist, everyone's like, oh, are you vying for Anna Wintour's job? <laughs> um, but I think I realised pretty early on that actually I was just more interested in taking jobs that felt right for me, that I felt passionate about, that I liked the people I'd be working with. Um, that was always far more important to me to build a career that I was really proud of in terms of the things that I was writing, the people I was building things with, all of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, great. That's that's actually really very important. So great, great to hear that. What would you say has been your main drive and motivation then over the last few years? Because I know you've sort of raised the detail around the fashion debates. Obviously, I've got an interest in ethical fashion. So, so what's kind of getting you, um, you know, excited these days to write and talk about things? Um, definitely sustainability. Um, I think, you know, it was always something I was interested in on some level. Um, but once I started going into it much further and understanding the extent of the issues, um, for one start, it kind of motivates me that, oh my goodness, how on earth could it have gotten this bad? Mm. <laughs> um, and, but also on, on the reverse side of that, the people that I meet who are doing really awesome interesting projects and work and you know creating fashion out of innovative materials and using upcycling and um you know interesting things to reduce their impact on the planet to ensure that they um you know are paying their workers correctly like all those kind of things um when you meet those people and you realize that there is hope, there is an answer, and um, that's incredibly motivating, absolutely. And it's such a privilege doing what I do, getting to meet so many of those people. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely concur with that. There's uh, there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of amazing things. So could you, could you share any specific situations that you've encountered whilst you've been going through your fashion revolution journey? Um, has there been any, like, you know, like 
personal conflicts or really difficult situations you can share and, and let us know how you've dealt with them. The reason I ask is just because I'm really keen on this inspirational women series that we don't just talk about all of the sort of um, the sparkly stuff that we also sort of address some of the sort of like reality that sits behind the scenes because I think that's what lots of people really identify with but I'm sure that you've probably encountered some situations or conflicts or or, or something um, whilst you've been on this journey because I know I have yeah definitely I think I mean uh, probably the biggest thing and I, I think a lot of a lot of people a lot of uh, I think a lot of students actually go through this like when they're we're really passionate about um, the ethical side of fashion um, that you still need to make money <laughs> Um, you still need to you still need to pay your rent um and you know so you sort of suddenly sit there going oh but I only want to work for really really nice companies and (laughs) um who are doing things properly but um a lot of those a lot of those companies are quite small there are some bigger ones but most of them are quite small and they don't necessarily have the budgets to hire all the people that would like to work for them um and so you know I definitely had that moment of going oh I feel like it's a a dirty secret that you know I do copywriting work for big brands who I personally think are doing some of the least um in their field to to combat sustainability um and that's always been difficult but um but you know a of course I need to make money and get by and you know and and have the money to do things like the fashion debates (laughs) um and you know so if I can take that money and put it into something good then that's you know that's one thing um and also I think it's incredibly important particularly for an industry like fashion that you understand how it works like if you want to make a difference Hmm. you've got to understand the mindset of the people who work in that industry you've got to understand their needs you've got to um, understand their way of doing things and how things have always been done for however long um otherwise you're never going to really get through to them yeah. Um, so, you know, and sometimes it's about speak, speaking up about things that, you know, um, you can kind of use your voice. I definitely think that's something I feel very strongly about with the fashion debates. Like a lot of the people that come along are people who work in not necessarily the nicest of companies. And, you know, and they, they kind of stand there with their tail between their legs going, oh, I work for these people. And I'm like, that's great that you're here. Um, I'm not going to stand here and like condemn you for working for those people but I think that you know to have someone in their company um you know who's interested in these things who can then you know when these issues arise go back and just say you know it it might not have an impact but it might Mm. and if enough people take an interest and speak up about it um that's when that's when a difference will start to happen so I, I wouldn't condemn anyone for doing that and you know and I need to be careful with myself as well <laughs> I think that's really interesting because it's one of the big issues I think that many of us experience when we go on our new sort of ethical and enlightened path is we realize we meet conflicts with our values on a daily basis and it's sort of deciding which ones you know are going to be our battles and which ones that we sort of have to put to one side and yeah uh, because you can't do everything can you I mean I think the thing is is you just sort of have to do the best you can and I love that attitude of not condemning people for 
where they are, but sort of just motivating them to speak out and do as much as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, shaming people just, it, it goes completely against what you're trying to do. It goes against the cause. It's not helpful yeah. um, to anyone, but again, to celebrate people for, you know, making that one decision between, you know, do I buy from this brand or do I buy from this brand or the decision to turn up to an ethical fashion event and find out more, the choice to click on an article um, and keep yourself informed. Like those are all sort of small wins. Yeah, definitely. You know, one of the things that I remember very fondly was uh, the discussion we had at the Ethical Brand Directories event in November 2017 when we were discussing the unsung heroes that exist within these large brands yeah. and organisations. Uh, and, and whenever I talk to you, Olivia, I always think of that conversation and I always think, gosh, you know what? You, you made some really valuable points. So I just wanted to sort of raise them again on this podcast so that others that were not at the EBD event could uh, also get the value of what you were talking about. But there are a couple of things that you mentioned, which was about, having to be in the industry and being on the inside to understand how to influence it. And I mm-hmm. thought that that was a, a wonderful comment from you. And um, we also then discussed about the fact that a lot of brands are doing a lot of things, but they're not there yet. And they're not publicly sort of sharing that information. And we're very quick when we jump on the ethical bandwagon to quickly point fingers and make judgments about companies that perhaps we don't really know the full story. And I think that that in itself also adds to that sort of values conflict. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I think it is a, it is a challenge because um, I think we don't... I think ethical issues are not really talked about in a very good way yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think, you know, to label something ethical or to label it sustainable is inevitably going to have loopholes in it mm. um, because something can never be 100% ethical. It can never be 100% sustainable um, by just making something. Um, <laughs> there's some kind of element of, um, you know, using something, using resources or whatever. Um, so um, I think, you know, a couple of the brands I really admire with how they, they go about things um, don't really use words like that. Actually, instead, what they do is say what they do do and, and, and what they stand for. Um, so if I think of um, like Birdsong, for example, they very simply, um, you know, it's on their social media, it's on their website, just say no sweatshops, no Photoshop. Mm-hmm. And that's just, you know, no one's going to suddenly sit there and go, oh, but you're not using, um, you know, organic, cotton away I think they do use some organic cotton but (laughs) (laughs) um but you know what I mean like no one's sitting there going you know they're saying like this is what we stand for like you know this is our small contribution we're always looking at ways we can do things better always looking at ways to improve but the thing we can promise you and guarantee you is this and I think it just just speaks perfectly um and conveys a message and therefore you're more excited about it rather than talking about what your brand isn't maybe (laughs) That's a, that's, a, that's a really interesting point and I really think it's valuable that you raised that because, again, 
I think as an individual, when you have those conflicts, it's really important to go back to the one or two values that you hold closest to you instead of feeling like you have to support every single issue that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Like ethics is a very personal thing for everybody. Um, and and as you say, sometimes those those choices come down to, oh, do I, you know, uh, do I go for the organic thing or do I go for the fair trade thing or do I, you know, I know my sister was hitting her head against the wall this Easter because she was like, I cannot find an Easter egg that is fair trade and not covered in plastic. And yeah, and I kind of said, well, uh, yeah, that, that sucks. But, <laughs> um, you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to buy an Easter egg, you know, you need to decide what's most important to you. And actually, funny enough, I bought an Easter egg from... Monty Bojangles and they didn't have any plastic packaging it was all cardboard um, and then foil around the egg which was great um, and then I was like oh and the chocolate is fantastic but they don't say anything about where the cocoa comes from I went onto their I went onto their website they have absolutely no information about it at all and I was like oh I'm a bad person I uh. you know <laughs> and but I and I messaged them on Facebook and I said I want to know more about your where your cocoa comes from and what's your policy on how you treat your farmers and uh, and they got back to me and they were like that's a great question Olivia why don't you email our customer service team and I was like you sound like you don't know anything about it <laughs> um, and I was like right I'm like why can't you email your customer service people and tell them to get in touch with me <laughs> um, but I, I did email them and they got back to me and they said um yeah, our suppliers, um, you know, our suppliers are, um, there's an organization called like Coco Haven or something like that, who I actually hadn't heard of, but they were like, um, they comply with their processes and it's all about, you know, supporting the farmers and building their community and um, all of that kind of stuff. And I'm like, ah, oh, so they are doing something, but there's no information anywhere. Um, I don't think they're doing the most out of all the chocolate brands. But, you know, it was reassuring to know that at least they could tell me something. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But and, and you know what? You've just also highlighted uh, a really very simple step. But that's one of the things when you're on this journey is to just reach out and ask people, you know, ask the brand owners, ask, ask the, the founders, ask them questions. And then you'll get the answers, hopefully, to help you make those decisions. Yeah, absolutely. It's so important because even if you don't come back with the information that you want or you suspect that, you know, what they said was a bit half-hearted, um, you know, you've you've gotten in touch with someone and they're going to have to hopefully report that back to their manager and talk about it. Um, I know I was I was hosting another panel, not a fashion debates one, but a different one, and I uh, had uh, Anna Luca on the panel, who's a mm -hmm. um, lovely jewellery designer. She works at Fairtrade Gold. Um, and she was saying that uh, a big, a big high street jewelers um, introduced fair trade gold. Um, now, fair trade gold, like the actual fair trade foundation, um, their fair trade gold has only been in the UK since like 2011, so it's very relatively new. Um, and this was, you know, this was a couple of years ago, anyway. Um, and so this high street jeweler said that they would trial it. Um, but they didn't train any of their staff <laughs> about that they were introducing this. And you had to ask for it in order to see it. So, of course, it didn't sell very well. 
And then they just turned around and went, oh, well, oh, we don't have to bring in fair trade gold because, you know, it's not selling, um, which is a bit rubbish. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, like her, her, you know, response to this was um, ask for fair trade gold, ask for, you know, go into a store and, you know, say, like, do you have any organic cotton T-shirts? Go and say, you know, do you know the like factories that your clothing's made in? Ask them all these questions. Um, you'll probably be met with a blank stare. <laughs> yeah. And um, but you know, but I do know people who work in retail um, who are saying to me, people are coming in, they're asking about our fur policy, they're asking which you know country our clothing is made in, um, and all these showing things. Change. So absolutely, that's showing change. It's showing a change in the consumer and. Brands have got to answer to that because, you know, my friend was, was saying, you know, people will literally come in, ask the question. And when we say either, oh, yes, we sell fur or our stuff is made in China, they just walk right out the store. <laughs> ah, that's great. That's great news to hear, though, that actually people are starting to shop consciously. They are. Even if they're walking into a high street shop, going in armed with the right questions is just totally. so important. This is and there's like this, yeah. And there's there's no point being like, am I allowed to swear? <laughs> sure. <laughs> there's no need to be a dick about it. <laughs> um, Good choice of words. <laughs> um, I'm not, you know, I'm not suggesting that everyone goes into a store and marches up to the front desk and slams their fists down and go, I demand to see your company's sustainability policy now. Um, because again, that's also not a very good way to get through to people. And that way you're far less likely to get a thoughtful comment going to the manager and you're far more likely to get like an employee going home going, Oh, I met the most horrible person today. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, but you know, just approach it in a, in a friendly way and to be like, Oh, I was, I was just wondering, um, you know, do you happen to know about this? Do you know, you know, if you don't, is there someone else in the store who does, um, oh, I was reading something online about fair trade golds, like, you know, yeah. um, all of these things just like spark conversations with people because I think that's how, I mean, that's how consumers are so aware at the moment anyway. It's just conversation sparking. It's the media getting points out there and then it's friends going and saying, wow, I didn't realize, you know, this was such a problem or, oh, did you see this documentary or, you know, mm. like that's how it spreads. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, what's really interesting is having this conversation with you because you are a journalist and because you do write and report on and you lecture, you have this extended reach. It's really interesting to hear your perspective of how you see things evolving and changing and how you recognise the small steps that, you know, that, you know, quite in, in a really interesting format, you know, you're saying my friend works here and they're saying that people come into the store and say this and that really is such a positive movement for us all you know like to appreciate and just if if if, if you know like 10 percent more people do it each month imagine where we'll be like in the next year or two i'm feeling very positive about <laughs> the direction <laughs> of it, human beings at the moment i think there's, there's a shift and i hope that the momentum builds um because you know we've been having these conversations now for the last one or two years and it seemed like everything was sort of churning at quite a slow rate, sort of, you know, sort of 2016, 2017. I feel like 2018, things are starting to move. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I do. I do feel positive. Um, I feel like I, I wish it was going quicker, but mm. 
you know everything takes time and you know actually the you know talk of sustainable fashion and um, you know the rise of brands like people tree and monkey jeans like they've been going for like 20 years <laughs> um and i feel excited that now it's really gaining traction um and but you know i think a lot of things have to fall into place in order to really create momentum and i feel like now is a really great time because of all those things unfortunately it's because of a lot of bad things that have happened in the world um you know the the awareness that we have now you know the fact that we have an entire generation who are now in jobs and working and are consumers in their own right who are being taught about climate change in school mm. um as a fact rather than oh this is a thing we're a bit worried about maybe yeah. it's true maybe it's not um and well certainly in the UK at least that's been the case um but uh you know we have that and we have social media um which has allowed people to talk about it and share it and contact their brands directly um and things like that I feel like the reason why there is so much gathering pace around this is because of everything that's happened in the world because of technology because of politics because of economics um and yeah so it's yeah so it's an exciting time I feel positive about it you know like I expected to go into universities and have to have the chat about have the chat makes it sound like I'm good <laughs> tell them about the birds and the bees um, <laughs> no they're, they're well versed on the birds and the bees I'm sure but <laughs> to tell them about ethical fashion um but you know most of them already come in there with an interest in it yeah. Um, and they and they want to do their uni projects about it and things. I'm just like, great. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, okay, so like, I feel like it's really been lovely to chat with somebody else that is interested in, in similar issues as me. And uh, I feel like we could probably, you know, devote a whole hour just chatting through the, um, you know, the changes in <laughs> perception around ethical fashion and consumerism <laughs> and the environment. But um, we do need to move on. So I, what I'd like to do is um, bring the story back to you specifically, because Olivia, like many of the women that come onto the show, I know that you're incredibly busy. You wear many hats. You are pulled in lots of different directions. You're doing so many things. So I'm just interested to know how do you take care of yourself and manage your, you know, your health and well-being? How do you remain enthusiastic about the things that you're passionate about? Oh gosh. Um I hate this question. <laughs> uh, how do you look after yourself? Uh not very well. <laughs> that, that's fine to admit that. <laughs> um I think enthusiasm is something that I actually never lack in. Mm-hmm. Um I think I'm quite lucky in that respect. Um uh, to be honest, I think it's enthusiasm that m- drives me to do too much sometimes. Yeah. Um, I just there's so much more that I want to be doing <laughs> um, all the time, um, but uh, obviously I can't. Um, and I think for me, it's been a very long process of understanding myself and being kind to myself when I don't always do the best that I want to do Mm. um you know it's taken you know I think I had like a really this like big defining moment in my life (laughs) (laughs) um 
Uh, it's a great story about how I ended up standing in King's Cross Station without any shoes on, crying. Um, <laughs> okay, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> um, it has a happy ending, though. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but basically, I, you know, I just went through a really hard time at like an early stage in my career. Um, I'd, I'd lost my job because the company went under. I then went to work for another company who hired me and then told me a couple of weeks in that actually they couldn't afford to pay me. Um, I then left there, went to another job that was unpaid um, and um, but was working like part time in a theatre just to make a bit of money um, you know, relying on my parents, which was really, you know, confidence crushing, yeah. um, in order to get by each month. Um, uh, you know, I was, I was, I mean, I was crazy fortunate that they were able to do that for me. Mm. <laughs> um, but, um, I kind of eventually reached a stage where I'd, I'd finally managed to get like a full-time job that was paid, not paid great, but it was paid. Um, and, uh, I was doing that and obviously I still had my job at the theater because I had been needing this to get by up until now. Um, and I was also spending my Sundays doing a copywriting job. Um, so I was working like seven days a week plus about three or four evenings at the theater. Um, and of course I was exhausted. (laughs) Oh, now I'm sure. And, you know, and also just so emotionally downtrodden from everything that happened, like feeling like I wasn't getting anywhere, feeling that I was never going to get a job that would pay me and that, you know, uh, like, why was I even doing this? <laughs> um, it was everything I'd worked so hard for up until this point and now it just all seemed pointless if I couldn't get a paying job. Yeah. Um, and... Um, uh, but this whole time, I was just completely like, can't compose. I'm doing this. I'm just getting on with it. I need to work. I need to work. This is just what I need to do. It's not going to last forever. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Um, and then eventually, obviously, because I was so exhausted and I wasn't performing my best at the full-time job, they I didn't pass my probation period. Yeah. Oh. And I hadn't hadn't told them that because I, I thought they would see it as a negative that I was working so much alongside this. So I hadn't really told them. Um, and I, I still didn't tell them even when they were like, yeah, we just don't think you've like fit in. Like we really need someone who's really enthusiastic about this job. Oh. Um, and I just I, I broke down in tears in the, there and then and I think they were a little bit surprised because the thing was, is I wasn't really crying about the job. Like I was crying about everything that happened until this point, um, which I hadn't really let myself be upset about. Um, and uh, yeah, so like that evening they had like a, a work night out and they were like, look, you know, you're, you're more than welcome to come along. We understand if you don't want to. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going along because I'm fine. (laughs) You know, I was like, like, if I go home, I'll just, I'll just cry. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so yeah, so I'm going to go roller skating with you guys. Um, (laughs) even though you've just fired me (laughs) and um, so I went roller skating and that was fine. And, um, but during the day, my flip flop broke. (laughs) 
and uh, yeah and I, and I managed to like get some like a needle and thread from the reception desk and like sew it back together um but then as I was leaving like this roller disco place my shoe broke again and it was like it was like the final straw <laughs> oh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back yeah exactly and so yeah so I just had basically had a complete meltdown with sobbing my eyes out I just like took my shoes off thankfully it was summer so it was like warm and dry <laughs> and um and yeah this like roller disco place was like by King's Cross so I was heading towards King's Cross station and I just thought I was like Do you know what? I don't even know how I'm gonna get home the idea of walking across the underground in like bare feet is uh, just yeah. disgusting <laughs> and um I just then and then like, I, like, I called my parents and I was like mum can I come home because the train the train to my parents leaves from King's Cross so just standing in the station I just looked up at the departures board and I was like I, I gotta go home I gotta like <laughs> sort myself out so that was like that was like the rock bottom moment but do you know what that moment has been I mean that was like four five five years ago now or something um and um you know and since then I was like never work yourself like that again Olivia (laughs) Um, like it's just it's just not worth it and like don't don't think that you can do that and there won't be consequences because you've seen the consequences and they're not pretty (laughs) um and so now for me I've since that moment I've been so much better at being like like knowing the tipping point and being like stop this isn't okay like you need to take a break you need to you know it might mean letting other people down it might mean letting yourself down probably more than anything um but you know just just understand yourself better and understand like what you're capable of and and be proud of everything that you have been capable of um and you know so it's a shame that it took me that moment to get to where I am now, but I'm so glad that I had that really early on yeah. in my career. And it's kind of been like always the thing that I think back on and go, you know, I bounced back from that. Like, you know, actually it was a really good thing um, because it taught me that lesson and it wasn't nice at the time, but you know, I, I took a month out, I went to Berlin, I had a great time Um <laughs> and you know and I did a little writing program there and I was the most experienced writer there which made me feel really good about myself (laughs) which was exactly what I needed at the time yeah and you know and then I got a job and I came back and it's fine and I'm still here I'm still standing (laughs) so that that's really great and really interesting because I wasn't aware that you had that sort of um like mini breakdown that so many people actually have like the overwhelm of firstly you know doing so many things trying to you know, get by in the city, which is, the city is incredibly tough to live in anyway. Like it takes a certain yeah. type of individual to thrive in in London. But it's, it's really interesting to hear your story because actually I keep hearing this happens to a lot of women time and time again. And, you know, I think the important thing is to, you know, look at what you're doing now, look at where you are. So if there is anybody listening that is currently going through that, just to sort of remember and recognise that, you know, it will 
come to an end, that you will bounce back from it. Um, but obviously taking care of yourself and being aware of the triggers and the signs are incredibly important, as you just mentioned. Totally. And I think I think we put so much pressure on ourselves mm. um, to, you know, like the career is the thing we always really strive for and that takes a lot of work and that we're always focusing on. And actually, you know, there are so many things outside of work that you can be successful at alongside a career and you know and your relationship should be one of those and yeah and like definitely that time you know it was it was my parents helping me out as you heard it was also my friends around me at the time um you know and I and I wish I had invested in those friendships at the time better obviously I was working so much I didn't see much of my friends during that time but because I had invested in them previously I had a great support network there and you know and then when I came back I was like you know I want to hang out with you guys like you know you guys are my my stress relief and my (laughs) you know you're my urban family (laughs) it's very true it's very true to um you know when we work a lot we do sometimes lose sight of um, those relationships that we need to maintain because we are nothing without the people that are around us right so I mean I there are a couple of questions that I normally ask but you've covered those off um, when you were telling your story, um, I just wanted to wrap up and just ask you, what three tips would you like to share with women that want to feel more confident in themselves and make a positive impact? So what are the things that you've learned on your journey that you think would be useful for somebody else? Oh, um, I think the biggest thing, and it's like a hard one, and it's something that I know I struggle with sometimes, is not comparing yourself to other people. Oh, that's such a good one. <laughs> oh, that, that one is so important. Sorry, I don't normally react so strongly, but I was like, oh my God, that one is like really at the top of my list. Yeah. Amazing. And, you know, and I think that, yeah, that can be like all people. Do you know what I mean? It can be like, it can be your school friend. It can be other people in your career. It can be, you know, um, um, anyone. But yeah, there's a, um, who said that quote? Comparison is the thief thief of happiness. Oh, I like that. I always say comparison is the biggest confidence killer because you just, I don't feel like you can feel confident in yourself if you're always benchmarking yourself against others. Totally. So yeah, just give yourself a little slap on the wrist every time you find yourself doing that. <laughs> That's um, advice to, to put yourself <laughs> on the wrist. <laughs> um, no, I don't condone self-harm. <laughs> A gentle, loving tap. <laughs> gentle, gentle, loving tap. Just remind yourself not to. Um, yes, don't compare yourself to others. Oh, um, always wear good underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? Because it's the, like the base of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're wearing good underwear, and when I say good underwear, I don't necessarily mean like something super fancy and lacy. Um, but just, you know, like once you feel good in, whether that's feeling comfortable, whether that's feeling sexy or whether that's like feeling stylish, whatever it is, um, that's, you know, and that's also your like your little inner secret. Oh, I, think. I love that. I used to have a friend that got me into um, on a Fridays wearing happy pants. <gasps> happy pants Friday. Yes. And we would I love the that. Most obscene, like luminous, hideous <laughs> undergarments underneath our normal work uniform and nobody would know except oh, us. That's beautiful. I think we need to start like a Happy Pants Friday I know, perhaps we should. Happy Pants Friday. <laughs> and it's where bad, comical, brightly coloured pants exist underneath your kind of 
corporate reserved attire <laughs> only you know and anybody else you've shared the the happy pants friday thing with yeah totally <laughs> oh, that's a good one um I, I love that thing of like having the confidence of uh, an averagely abled white man. <laughs> okay, I've not heard this expression. So have you not? Oh, no. like ah, like it seems to be a thing that keeps propping up. Um, like uh, I'm part of a, a Facebook group for uh, freelance women journalists. Okay. Um, and it's a great group. And, um, it, like, a lot of people, people are really, like, frank and honest in there, which is, and supportive, which is really great. And so a lot of times people are going, they're asking for advice on, like, you know, how much should I charge? Like, I've just been asked to do this job, and it's not the kind of thing I normally charge for. And, like, and everyone's response is always, like, what would a man ask for? <laughs> and then everyone suddenly goes, that's true. <laughs> ask for more money. Like, you know, and it, it like it's a silly one but like it's a silly expression but like sometimes it does give me that you know whenever I'm like about to send an email and go oh I, d- I don't know if this person's going to be interested in hearing from me or you know whatever I'm like would a man send it yes a man would send it <laughs> I get it I get it I like it okay wonderful <laughs> okay right so three really great tips thank you very much <laughs> um, I'm just like okay Uh, weren't expecting that were you I was not no not at all um (laughs) so Olivia thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing your story and um you know sharing your wonderful three tips and uh, (laughs) it just caught me completely off guard I love that (laughs) so Olivia before we wrap up um I just wanted to give you the opportunity to let our listeners know how they can find out more about you and connect with you yeah, sure. So um, I am on all the social medias. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Olivia Pinnock and you can follow me on Instagram at Olivia's Style uh, with two S's uh, in there. Um, or if you want to know more about the fashion debates, we're at Fashion Debates. Um, so you can come and find out when our next event's going to be. Um, and yeah, connect and say hi and say that you heard the podcast and um, look forward to connecting with more people brilliant okay well thank you very much for coming on sharing your story and uh sharing a few giggles along the way it's wonderful (laughs) wonderful having you here thank you so much no worries thanks roberta ever got stuck and wondered what's my why or woken up one day and thought I have no style or I don't know what my passion is have you ever thought I'm stuck and I want to discover who I am or have you ever felt like I'm not clear on my values and feel like you can't contribute to the conversation then I've got some great news for you Roberta Stowley is proud to present two new online courses, Discover My Why and Wear My Values. This is a two-part course, both separate courses that you can decide to choose one or the other. They offer an inside-outside discovery process. If this sounds like something that might excite you, I invite you to find out more. Visit the website robertastylelee.co.uk 
and see if you can find out your why and discover a way to wear your values. And this one is for all of those conscious fashion and lifestyle listeners out there. Did you know that the Ethical Brand Directory, www.ethicalbranddirectory.com, is where ethics meets aesthetics? That's right. I've been working on creating a selection of beautiful brands to help you look good, feel good, and do good, so you can wear your values. Don't forget to check it out. Have a beautiful day.